Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. LeBron James and the Lakers win their 17th NBA championship last night. For LeBron, it's number four. Dak Prescott, the injury heard around the world yesterday and all the ramifications and repercussions from that. And then shortly before we came on the air today, the very sad news that we've lost another Hall of Famer from baseball, Joe Morgan, gone at the age of 77. I'm thinking that there may be generations of people listening to me right now who remember him as a broadcaster, and he was a great broadcaster. He and John Miller did Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN forever. But in my youth, Joe Morgan was an icon. And Joe Morgan was one of the greatest ballplayers that ever lived. I mean, I don't think that is an exaggeration. I really do not. In fact, my fascinating stats today, which are brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app, will all be in honor of the late, great Joe Morgan. And let me just tell you, I I mean, I could sit here and read them forever. Joe Morgan is the only player to win back-to-back MVPs on back-to-back World Series champs. Joe Morgan led the league in stolen base rate three times. That's not the one I meant to read. Joe Morgan has the most war by any player under five foot nine in the history of the game. The best little man ever. He's the only second baseman to win multiple MVPs since they began voting for that award in 1931. He was the second second baseman to go into the Hall of Fame on the first ballot. The other, the first, was Jackie Robinson. I told you in the first hour and I'm seeing a lot of people who know exactly what I'm talking about, and if you're old enough, you will certainly never forget it. The way he used to cock that, that, that back arm there, that left-handed swing, he would take that left elbow and he'd just sort of rev itself up. It was, it was one of the most distinctive of all batting stances and batting approaches. It's not really part of the swing, but whatever it was, he had one of the most unique at-bats of any player in history. I'll remember it until I'm 115 years old. But I also remember this. To give you a quick personal story on Joe Morgan and why the Big Red Machine are such an important team in my life, in my mind. I remember of all the people that I've met in sports, actually, when the first time we met Johnny Bench, Mike and I did the show in uh, Cincinnati, whatever year it was at the Baseball Hall of the, um, excuse me, the Baseball All-Star Game was in Cincinnati and Johnny Bench uh, came and did the show. And to me, I can't even describe what a larger than life Johnny Bench was in my mind. Because of, in my youth, the first baseball memory I have, if if you ask me, what's the, I don't remember Carlton Fisk hitting that home run and waving it fair. Obviously, I've seen it 10,000 times, but I I don't quite remember that. I, I may have been watching the game when it happened, but I was a little kid. The first memory I have, both of my parents were born and raised in the Bronx, and so we were very much a Yankee family. And the first thing I remember about my life as a baseball fan was the 1976 World Series when the Big Red Machine swept the Yankees. And my favorite player was Thurman Munson. And I remember crying as a little kid because they were stealing bases on him, what felt like at will. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I felt like they were stealing bases on him anytime they wanted to. And I loved Thurman. And it broke my heart that I thought they were embarrassing him. And they swept the Yankees and they were so good. That team, that Big Red Machine... I mean, Tony Perez and George Foster was a huge power hitter at a time when 50 home runs was like a once in a lifetime kind of an event. He hit 50 home runs one year. Um, And who else was on those teams? Uh, Perez, obviously Pete Rose, Johnny Bench behind the plate, Dave Concepcion, Cesar Geronimo. But the best player on that team was Morgan. He was the best player on that team, was the MVP and all those guys. And Bench, I think, is historically considered to be the best player on those teams, except for Rose. And Rose is kind of a hard one to quantify. 
I guess I should say it better than that. No one was better than Morgan. Joe Morgan was as good as anybody. At his best, he was as good as anybody. He was a tremendous player long before he was a broadcaster. He wasn't someone I got to know at ESPN. I met him a time or two. So I can't tell you any good personal stories about knowing him. My personal story is remembering him in the 1976 World Series. But he was the MVP on both those teams, 75 and 76. And their big red machine won the series both of those years. So he was the best player on the best teams I ever saw. I obviously don't remember the 1927 Yankees or the 39 Yankees. To me, the the big red machine is the best baseball team I ever saw. And Joe Morgan was the man who made it go. So um, in in rounding out, not not rounding out, but just continuing what has been a brutal month for baseball legends. When we lose Whitey Ford a week ago and Tom Seaver and Bob Gibson and Lou Brock, all in the span of what feels like the last couple of weeks, horribly sad times. And so my condolences uh, to the family and the friends and the teammates and the fans of Joe Morgan. He is one of the all-time greats. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They will help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Okay, uh, usually on these Football Mondays, I will give you my hot takes. I'm going to do some of those quickly for you here, and then I'm going to come to you for yours, 888-SAY-ESPN. And then we will get to all of the LeBron and Lakers stuff for the remainder of the show. But here come my hot takes. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to win the NFC East, even though they stink. But here's the bottom line. The Dallas Cowboys, the one thing standing between the Cowboys and being as bad as any team in the NFL, was their quarterback. Down Dak Prescott now with a bad offensive line. That defense is ridiculous. The New York Giants have as bad an offense as there is in the NFL, and yesterday they looked like Peyton Manning was their quarterback against that Dallas D. The Cowboys barely squeaked out a win against the Giants and were miraculous in squeaking out a win against the Atlanta Falcons. Those are their two wins. Those teams are a combined 0-10, and one of them fired their coach yesterday. The Dallas Cowboys are a bad football team who got much worse yesterday without their quarterback. The Eagles, by default, will win the NFC East. Speaking of that division, if Alex Smith doesn't start next week for Washington, he has reason to be good and mad at Ron Rivera. It was a feel-good, no, it wasn't a feel-good story. It was a feel-great story for Alex Smith to work his way all the way back out onto that football field yesterday. And like everybody else, I was choked up watching him and watching his wife and his kids in the stands celebrating his return for all that he's been through and all that he had to overcome. But from the way we are now led to understand this, the starting quarterback, Kyle Allen, could have gone back into that game yesterday, and Ron Rivera made the decision not to put him back out there. And Alex Smith took a beating on what is a terrible football team. Left him out there, even though Allen could have gone back out there. So that means that Alex Smith is your quarterback. If Alex Smith doesn't start this coming week, then someone is going to have to explain the beating he took yesterday. That didn't make sense under any circumstances. And if I'm Alex Smith, I'm not feeling real happy about it if I don't get the football next week. And rounding out the division, I'll say this about the Giants. They're bad, but they play hard. And before the Dak injury, I thought the story of that game yesterday were two calls that went against the Giants, both of which I thought were questionable. The fake field goal, when they get the... The guy was the, the tackle isn't set or the outside of the line, whatever you call that on a field goal. It's not really a tackle. 
whatever that guy is, he didn't get into a stance quickly enough. They wave a touchdown off when the Cowboys had no inkling that they were going to fake a field goal. You've never seen a team more fooled, more outcoached than they were yesterday. And then they also have a, a, a wide open wide receiver for a touchdown and it gets called back on a rub route that Tony Romo didn't think was a good call and neither did I. So the Giants play hard. I give them credit. They're bad. They're a bad football team. But they play hard, which is a hell of a lot more than you can say for the other team that shares their stadium. The difference between the Jets and the Giants is the Giants play for their coach. And the Jets have long since quit on theirs. And the fans have long since quit on them. Next, as I give you my hot takes and then I'm coming to you for yours at 888-SAY-ESPN in just a minute. I think Mike Zimmer did exactly the right thing at the end of that game last night. And for those of you who didn't see it, let me set the scene for you. Seattle, Minnesota. The Vikings have the ball fourth and one inside the 10-yard line with a five-point lead and two minutes left in that game. Fourth and a yard. If they kick the field goal there, it's eight points. You're giving it back to Russell Wilson, and the worst he can do to you is tie you. And so I get the conventional wisdom that was lining up to crush Mike Zimmer and say he made the wrong decision. I say he made the right decision. The right decision. You know, in blackjack, sometimes when you've got 16 and the dealer's got a, a face card, you, t- you hit on that. It doesn't mean you're going to win the hand. It means you're giving yourself the best chance to win. Sometimes it means you bust. It doesn't mean you did the wrong thing. The result doesn't mean you did the wrong thing. If you have a chance to gain one yard and not give Russell Wilson a chance to beat you at all, you do it. Mike Zimmer coached to win that game. Rex disagreed with me. Ryan Clark disagreed with me. I I don't care. I I am 100% convinced he did the right thing. The result obviously turns out badly. In retrospect, would you do it the other way? Well, of course, you lost the game. But at the end of the day, you don't give Russell Wilson a chance to beat you if you can avoid it. You need one yard on that fourth down, get the yard. The fault is in not gaining the one yard. That's the problem. I believe Zimmer did exactly the right thing. Next, the Steelers are the best team in the AFC North. I've been telling you that since the beginning of August. They're going to win that division. And the further proof, if you ever needed any, of what great organization they are is named Chase Claypool. Yesterday was the Chase Claypool Invitational as the Steelers played the Eagles. Four touchdowns for number 11, a second-round pick. The Steelers never use a first-round pick on a receiver, and they wind up having great receivers all the time. They drafted and developed Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster and Claypool and all these other guys. Claypool's about to become a star. The Steelers' defense is going to get better as the year goes on. They're the team to beat, and they're the best organization in the National Football League. Mike Tomlin is a great coach. And Chase Claypool is a great example of why. One more hot take from me, and then I'm coming to you for yours. Kansas City, as is proved yesterday, is not unbeatable, but that's still the team to beat. The Chiefs aren't perfect. I believe they will lose more games. Remember, they were lucky to be the second seed a year ago. I know Patrick got hurt and missed a few games. But they have flaws. The difference is they have the quarterback. So while I believe the Chiefs are beatable, they are still the team to beat. In fact, I can't fathom the circumstances that are going to take place that will convince me they aren't the team to beat in the playoffs no matter what else happens. No matter where the games are played, no matter what anyone else does. 
The team that has Patrick Mahomes is the team to beat in the AFC this year and every year for the foreseeable future, especially this year. It was a hell of a performance by the Raiders yesterday. Chiefs have not looked like they're clicking on all cylinders offensively, really, except for once this year, and that was because the Ravens, for reasons known only to them, continue to blitz them. That was more about the Ravens doing a lot of things wrong. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what is correct is the Chiefs are not unbeatable, but they are the team to beat. All right, Greeny with you. So those are my hot takes. Now I'm coming to you for yours. You can be a part of Greeny Nation right now on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. 888-SAY-ESPN, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football is back, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you. Treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Bubba, who's first up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line? First, we got AJ in Virginia. AJ, what's your hot take? Hey, how you doing? I just want to say I think Teddy Bridgewater and the Carolina Panthers, if he stays healthy, could really make a run at a playoffs and even a Super Bowl. I know that's like far fetched, but he completes passes. He's just he he he's dissecting these defenses. Like he is unbelievable what he's always done his whole career. I think with the injuries that have happened the week, it's just good to see Teddy Bridgewater. And I think Dak will get back, too, as well. But um, Teddy Bridgewater is definitely something to keep your eye on. A hundred percent agree. Couldn't agree with you more. The Panthers are an incredible story. They were 0-2 and lost Christian McCaffrey. And your immediate thought, well, they're done. I mean, that, that they could maybe be in the running for um, Trevor Lawrence. And since then, they're 3-0. and They've made Robbie Anderson into a star. Good thing the Jets don't have that guy anymore. Lord knows they couldn't use him. Thank you, Joe Douglas. You're a genius. Having said all of that, Teddy Bridgewater is playing right now better than he did in Minnesota. In Minnesota, some people thought he was a game manager. Sometimes he looked like he was. He looks better than that now. The Panthers have their quarterback. They have a coach and is in it for the long haul. They have a bunch of players you don't know a whole lot about who are winning football games. I don't think they'll win that division. I still think Tampa and New Orleans are better than they are. But those two teams have quarterbacks who are a combined 83 years old. 84, excuse me. So I think the Panthers could well be the team of the future in that division, and maybe that future starts this year. Bubba, who's next on the um, Dr. Pepper call-in line? Yep, we got Scott in Indiana. Scott, what's your hot take? What's up, Granny? Love the show. Hey, Thank you. My hot take, my hot take is I, I think you guys are far too critical of Baker Mayfield, and I don't think you guys are giving him the respect I think he deserves. Even when he plays well, you guys give credit to Kevin Stefanski for tailoring the offense to fit their quarterback. Whereas when the Ravens tailor their offense to fit Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson is a stud. He's an MVP. And if I'm not mistaken, I think this is Baker Mayfield's fourth coach in three years. Yes. And I just don't think he's getting enough respect from, from your I network, understand what really. You're, I, I understand what you're saying. So I agree and disagree. Mostly I disagree. There was no comparison between what Baker Mayfield has done to this point and what Lamar Jackson has done. They're not comparable. Lamar Jackson last year had one of the greatest seasons any quarterback has ever had in the history of the NFL. The statistics bear that out in every conceivable way. So to compare anything Mayfield has done to this point to Lamar Jackson is doing an enormous disservice to Lamar. Having said that, yes, Baker Mayfield has been thrust into some bad situations, not all of his own making, but he has been very up and down. And even the last two weeks as they've won these games, 
He has not looked good in the fourth quarters. Baker Mayfield has looked... I'm, I'm trying to think of the right way to put what I think of Mayfield. I think he's a work in progress. I think he has a chance to be good. I think his ceiling looks low for someone who was the first pick in the draft. The whole idea that he was going to be the next Drew Brees, I don't hear a whole lot of that anymore. But do I think that he can make himself a player who's good enough that you could win a championship with? I do. And that's all that really matters. So do I think sometimes there is a tendency to overlook the circumstances that have worked against him? Yes, that's fair. Do I think that we are selling short how well he is actually playing? I do not. That one I don't agree with. But I do appreciate the call. Dr. Pepper call in line is 888-SAY-ESPN. Bubba, who's next? Yep, next up we have Troy. Troy, what's your hot take? Man, I'm a 49ers fan, and I I watch a lot of Alex Smith, and I'm starting to realize Jimmy G ain't nothing but Alex Smith 2.0, and we can't win with I got news for you. I mean, if Jimmy G really improves, maybe he'll get to be Alex Smith. I mean, the, the 49ers are a stunningly, they're a startling team. Now, look, they lost they lost so many important players. When they lost Bosa, I said for most teams, that's like losing their quarterback. But the reality is the 49ers have two wins this year, and they are against the Jets and the Giants. Those are their only two wins. The Jets and Giants may not win two games between them this season. So the 49ers, for them to get worked, worked at home the way they did yesterday, I think suggests they're done. They are done for this year. And the real question is, is Garoppolo going to be their guy going forward? Look, you can't take away from them what they accomplished last year, and they'll come back healthy. Every team, every year, every year there are some teams that have their seasons wrecked by injury. I think the 49ers are one of those this season. So I don't think a full evaluation is reasonable on them, on their coach, on their general manager, or anything like that. But on the quarterback, I do believe the jury is out. And we'll see. We'll see if there, if there are some other options out there available to them. I wouldn't be stunned if they spend this offseason looking into them. we got a long way to go between now and then. That whole division, well, Seattle is that good. And the Rams keep winning. We'll see. The 49ers, if they're going to do anything this year, they better do it fast. i got time for one more. Bubba. Give me one more hot take. All right, let's go to Michigan. We got Thomas. Thomas, give me a hot take. Hey, Greeny, love the show. Nice uh, tribute there to Joe Morgan, by the way. Way to go, man. Thank you. Um, hot take is Ryan Fitzpatrick does not realize that he is not the Dolphins' starting quarterback next year because that guy <laughs> yeah, with, with the beard is just going out there and balling with no fear in his heart at all like he has absolutely no competition in the world. That's such a good call. I am so thrilled you called to say that. Ryan Fitzpatrick has one of the most distinctive and unusual careers of any quarterback I can think of. I I can't decide who he reminds me of. I've been following football 45 years, and I feel like I've seen absolutely everyone, and almost everyone reminds you of someone. Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't really remind me of anyone. In fact, Hashtag Greeny is a good way to get a hold of me. Just hashtag Greeny with a Y. If you, tell me who you think Ryan Fitzpatrick is like. Because he's so inconsistent. He's so streaky. He's such his, the, the personality that he has coupled with Harvard. It's all so unique. The beard. And, and, and most importantly, when he's good, he's ridiculously good. He was ridiculously good yesterday. And I don't know that the Dolphins don't think. Well, they should think that they're in it. 
This all got moved around. Don't they play the Jets next week now? I kind of lost track of where everything fell. But with all the reschedulings, I think they play the Jets next week. So they're going to be 3-3. Three and three. They're going to be 500, and, and, and who knows what's going to happen from there. So I don't know when we're going to see Tua, because right now, Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing well enough for them to win. And it's a very unique career that he is putting together. Thank you for all the calls. I enjoy the hot takes. I enjoy the back and forth. We'll continue to do them all the time. And yes, confirm they do play the Jets next. I need to sit down and sort of memorize. You know, you sort of have a sense in your head of where all the schedules are. And they never change them in the middle of the season like they did yesterday. These are, of course, um, unprecedented circumstances. So I I need to look more carefully at where everything fell. I, I was busy with a lot of other stuff yesterday. I'll do it as this day goes on. In the meantime, to LeBron from yesterday and something Tim Legler said that I think suggests we should get used to hearing the words Lakers win the championship. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 106.93. And as the horn sounds, it's been a long 10 years. But once more, the Los Angeles Lakers are NBA champions. Indeed they are, and the moves were made. They made moves. They went out and got Anthony Davis and a whole lot more. And AD wound up averaging 28-10-4 in the playoffs for the Lakers in his first year in L.A. And this is exactly why the Lakers brought him in to pair him with LeBron. They were making moves. Making Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. And those moves led them to a championship. I will go through some of these Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, tweets in a moment because I really enjoyed them. But, but if, if we're going to take us there, let's go right to the Lakers stuff then. And here's the question. And the Lakers were deserving champions this year. And if there is an asterisk attached to the 2020 NBA championship, it is because it is more meaningful, not less than your average year. What these guys did, what they accomplished, what they overcame and what they had to maneuver their way through in the midst of a pandemic 
with the backdrop of everything else that was going on, all the other conversation in and around the sport um, from a social justice standpoint and everything else. I believe this championship will mean more to them, more to players in the NBA, and at the end of the day, that's what matters the most, and should mean more to fans than your average one. For LeBron James, I think it's the second biggest, if you will, from a resume standpoint on his ledger. I think the first two in Miami, I'm not taking anything away from them, but he left to team up with a bunch of other really good players, and they won two championships, and that, that I, don't, I don't think that those necessarily um, are major factors in his case. If you're a lawyer and you're trying to make a case for him being the greatest player of all time, which, let's face it, that's what we're talking about at this point. There's nothing else left to discuss with him. Then I don't think you, 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 you just sort of gloss over those. You gloss over the early years in Cleveland when he carried a very mediocre team to a finals and all the numbers that he put up. You gloss over that. To say you can actually gloss over two championships and four finals appearances in four years is extraordinary, but it is the truth. Because what separates LeBron from every other player of his generation and puts him into the conversation with the Michaels and the Magics and the Kobe's of the world is what he did in his second stint in Cleveland, in particular the championship that he won for a city that hasn't otherwise won one in half a century, and beating a 73-win team in the final, coming from 3-1 down to do it. Don't mention the Draymond part because it gets in the way of the narrative, so let's just fire our way right through that. For LeBron, that one is number one. Cleveland, this is for you, is a moment that I don't know that they'll ever quite be able to match. This one comes right behind that. Resurrecting the Lakers 10 years after they'd last won, all these years after they'd last been good, they'd only been relevant because they are the Lakers. LeBron James made them this again, bringing in Anthony Davis, reproving that he is the best player. LeBron James recapturing the mantle of best player in basketball at the age of 35. Jalen put it well on TV with me this morning. Basketball is kind of a game of king of the court. Any of us who ever played pickup, you know what that's about. You win, you get to stay on the court. You lose and you say, well, no, we got five, we got next. What are we, third behind him? Who, the guy in the orange shirt? Okay, we're third. That's who you're waiting for. LeBron was waiting his turn to get back in there. But Kevin Durant was king of the court for a couple of years in Golden State. I still say somewhat unfairly, but whatever, he was. Kawhi Leonard was king of the court last year, won the championship. LeBron's the king again. Not just literally, but figuratively now. He's the king of the court. And this is a huge one for him. Huge. Four championships. Four finals MVPs. Four MVPs in the regular season. He joins a list of four players who have those. Michael Jordan, Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar are the others. And he is now part of a duo. We just told you that the making moves piece of this was Anthony Davis. He's part of a duo that Tim Legler says is the most versatile in NBA history. I liked this this morning on Get Up A Lot. This was right at the beginning of our show. Here's what Tim Legler said. There's going to be a lot of debate about the greatest duos, but just in terms of guys that check every box of what they can do offensively and defensively, this is as good as it gets is what we've seen in NBA history. Uh, and they, they just, their talent took over. It was too much, and they wore the Miami Heat down and give the Lakers all the credit because they had the mental and physical toughness to see this thing through to the end. Very trying circumstances to go through this in the bubble, and they did it. And they did it mostly because they have those two guys. And I like the word that he used, versatile, 
Because if you just go back to the last time the Lakers, well, they won two championships with Kobe and Pau Gasol. And, and those were great championship teams and no one's taking anything away from them. But the duo that you think of is Kobe and Shaq. That's the duo. When you're putting the historical duos together with Kobe and Magic and Michael and Scotty and whoever else you want to put in that conversation, it's Shaq and Kobe you're putting in. And I believe Shaq and Kobe, well, to this point, at least certainly are a greater duo historically. But versatile is the word. Basketball in an era where the game has become positionless. That's a a popular phrase, positionless basketball. The Lakers are that. They are exactly what the sport is right now. Anthony Davis is a five or he's a four. And he can shoot threes. And he can guard anybody. LeBron James is a one, but he can guard centers. He's not even a one. I shouldn't have said that. He's a three, but he plays one. He plays the one and he can guard the five. He's like a... He's like a combination. It's a, what, what Lamar James is, is a miracle. He's, he's like something we've never seen before. It's like someone took, uh, I don't even know, Carl Malone's body and, and, and Mer- Carl Malone's body and, and gave it Magic Johnson's skill set. It's, it's just ridiculous how good he is. And here they are. And we're only at the beginning. The Lakers are going to win the title again next year. And probably the year after that. As long as LeBron remains as dominant as he is, now, did he benefit maybe a little bit from the layoff, from the fact that they didn't play all the way through? Will they have to start watching his legs and his minutes? I think that's probably the case. But I think the Lakers are going to get better talent-wise. The Lakers, I think, are about to become that team that all the ring chasers want to go play for, want to go play with. They all want to go to L.A. anyway. Who doesn't want to win a championship with the Lakers? And LeBron is a a guy that I think all these guys like playing with. He's an unselfish superstar. He's the anti-Michael in that way. He's not the demanding, difficult teammate that Michael seems to have been, that appears to have been in so many ways for all of us who watch those films. LeBron James, I think, is a guy all the players in the NBA want to play with. So if you are one who enjoys seeing the Lakers win... You can get used to it. And if you are one who hates seeing the Lakers win, you better get used to that too. You know, hiring is challenging, especially with everything else we have to consider today. But there's one place where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. And that place is ZipRecruiter. You can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash greening. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Speaking of all of that, I can tell you both the best part and the worst part of the Lakers winning because they are both the same thing. And I'll tell you what that was next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you 
to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. The best and worst thing about the Lakers winning the championship are both the same thing. And that is the Kobe factor, of course. So much of this felt as if it was about Kobe, and that was wonderful. Obviously, we saw that Vanessa loved it. I'm sure um, she, she was there with it. She uh, was posting lovely messages about it, congratulating the Lakers and expressing her excitement at them winning and her appreciation for the way they made Kobe a part of it. And, of course, for all of his millions of fans, of which I am unquestionably one, um, there was something wonderful about seeing them kind of do this for him. So that was the best thing about it was that in the year that we lose Kobe Bryant, the Lakers win a championship. There is something poetic and beautiful about that. So that is both the best and worst thing about the Lakers winning the championship because it's just another reminder of what happened at the very beginning of this year. And I think I've said multiple times in the last few weeks on this show that it still doesn't feel real because nothing in this year, 2020, has been so weird in so many ways and so surreal in so many ways that it still doesn't seem real sometimes that that happened this year. Now and again, you are reminded of it and you say, oh yeah, that horrible thing happened at the beginning of this year. And unlike the pandemic and everything else, it it doesn't get undone. Like, um, I mean, there are hundreds of thousands of families in this country, unfortunately, who've lost people they'll never get back. But for those of us for whom the pandemic has merely been the extraordinary inconvenience that it has been, We look forward to a time when it'll be normal again. We keep using that phrase. When will it be normal again? You know, the first tragedy of 2020 doesn't come back. So the the best and worst part of the Lakers winning to me was the connection to one of their all-time greats in Kobe Bryant. But in the end, there was nothing that was going to happen this week that was going to change that. So so to see them win that for him, um, I thought was fabulous and You know, I like LeBron James very much. I know he is a a polarizing person because um, because of of what he is chasing, you know, because there are people out there my age who will just never let go of Michael Jordan. And don't get me wrong. I still believe Michael Jordan is the best player of all time. Um, But I was rooting for LeBron and I will continue to root for him. And as I told you last week, from a historical standpoint, I do not believe last night changes LeBron's place. LeBron is on the Mount Rushmore of greatest players ever, and he is, to me, the second best player ever. When they come back and win it again next year, check back with me. That's when this starts to get really interesting. Five titles and 11 finals, which is where LeBron would be this time next year, or whatever constitutes this time next year, based on the schedule, that will start to make this conversation for me all the more interesting. So we'll see. But congratulations to the Lakers. Congratulations to Jeannie Buss. Congratulations to Frank Vogel, who's a guy who's been around a long time. 
and got himself into the right place at the right time. Congratulations, Anthony Davis, who had never done this before, and all the rest of the players, the coaches, and everyone else on those teams. Congratulations to the much maligned at times Rob Polinka, and first and foremost, congratulations to LeBron James, who is the best leader and the best player in American sports today, without question. And so we give him his props, and we move on from there. One more piece of football business before this NFL weekend comes to an end, and that is tonight's Monday night game, the Monday night football preview, is brought to you by Progressive Insurance, and the Saints will once again, as they take on the Chargers tonight, be without Michael Thomas. But this time it's not because of the injury. The Saints have benched him because he got into an altercation with a teammate. Apparently he punched one of his teammates, and that is the reason why they're sitting him down. In a funny moment this morning, we were getting ready to go on the air, and I turned to Rex Ryan and I said, how, how does that happen? Is, is it just a, a definitive if a player punches a teammate, you have to bench him, and that's it? Is it as simple as that? And he said, no, there's always extenuating circumstances, and we'll see. And I looked at him, and I smiled, and I said, what if it had been Darrell Rivas? And he smiled back, and he said, Rivas would have played. <laughs> so that was my funny little moment. With Rex Ryan this morning, it, I don't know what's going to wind up happening. Uh, Justin Herbert, who is this is the ultimate matchup. Herbert went up against Brady. Now he goes up against Breeze. He's seen a lot of legends. And this is his fourth start so far. He's seen Mahomes, Brady and now Breeze. I think the Chargers have a good chance to win tonight. The Saints have been up and down. Herbert has been terrific. I think he's off to a great start. You have to give the edge to the to the Saints, but their offense without Michael Thomas just flat out isn't the same. So we'll see. I will I will take the Saints tonight. I expect them to win, but if we're sitting here tomorrow talking about the Chargers knocking New Orleans off, will I be shocked? I will not. Our Monday Night Football preview is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's Home Quote Explorer. Quote and buy all online at Progressive.com. To go all the way back to where this began, we had Dr. Michael Kaplan on at the beginning of our show here today on ESPN Radio, and he said that there is every reason to be confident that Dak Prescott will make a full recovery from that injury, that as we have come to learn in sports, sometimes the most gruesome-looking injuries aren't the most serious. He should be back and fully ready to participate in whatever the schedule looks like for next year, be that mini camp or training camp or whatever it is. The question is, what will his contractual status be? And I will say, I don't know. I believe that Jerry and Stephen Jones will say all the right things now. But in the end, would I expect Dak Prescott to have a long-term contract extension signed by the next time he steps foot on the field? I would say no. Do I think it will be for the Cowboys? I would say yes. We wish him a speedy recovery. And I thank you very much for being with me here. I'll see you tomorrow morning for Get Up. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.